You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Ganser, and today is the third of our four-episode series interviewing all eight, yes, friends, that's right, all eight of the 2014 Hero Dog Awards finalists. Gosh, each of these episodes have been so moving for me. I know I've had tears in my eyes on some of these stories, and then my heart has been full of joy and full of love. I am so glad that I don't get to vote in this campaign because I couldn't choose one. They're all amazing. These eight dogs and their owners are simply amazing examples of what we all like to celebrate at American Humane, and that's compassion, caring, hope, and love. These stories are really the best of America, and I hope you will join me in celebrating this year's Hero Dog finalist and join us and tune in to the Hallmark Channel premiere later in October so we can celebrate together. Well, let's talk about our guest today. Up first is Michelle Krozik. Michelle's dog, JJ, won this year's service dog category sponsored by our terrific friends at Modern Dog Magazine. And when you hear Michelle's story of JJ, her dog, And her daughter, KK, you got to have a tissue. This is inspiring. And JJ's story of being a dog dropped off at a shelter, now giving a seven-year-old girl a chance to live life as a seven-year-old girl should. Amazing. This is the power of the bond, my friends. And this is so touching. Later, we're going to talk to a hero dog from 9-11. Friends, we're going to go back and we're going to talk about that fateful day. On 9-11, we all remember it. We're going to talk with Denise Corliss, whose dog, Brittany, is our top search and rescue dog this year. Yes, Brittany is going to be turning 15 before the Hero Dog Award. She was deployed. Her very first deployment as a search and rescue dog was 9-11. She and Denise traveled together to New York and tried to find search and rescue for survivors. And we all know how that turned out on that tragic day. You know, on this show, we're going to talk a lot about companion animals like dogs, cats, and horses. But so many of you know that American Humane is just more than just about pets, way more. We're the only organization in this country working for the protection of kids and animals. And we got our start way back in the animal welfare space in the late 1800s, working for the protection of livestock. Livestock that were being transported by trains. We fought hard for humane conditions for those animals back in the 1870s. And we've remained since that time committed to ensuring humane treatments for the animals raised in our nation's farms and ranches. You know, uh, that's why more than a decade ago, we launched the very first, and now it's the largest third-party farm animal welfare certification program in the country, known as American Humane Certified. We've all long known that humane treatment of farm animals is very important. It's important to you. It's important to me. And we are deeply committed to this program. And we're deeply committed to the American Humane Certified Labeling Initiative. It's a a label that indicates that you know that animal was treated right. As I said, we operate the largest farm animal certification program in the country. It's actually around the world. Listen to this, friends. We oversee the humane treatment of nearly one billion, that's billion with a B, animals on farms and ranches. And that represents 10% 
of animals in farms and ranches and food production in this country. Our program has reached this 10% number with significant growth in the past three years alone. And it's very important. Our program's rooted in ethical and science-based and veterinary-backed standards, which is critical. And we're so proud that the world-renowned Dr. Temple Grandin is on our scientific advisory committee. Recently announced the appointment of Dr. Don Honig, our chief vet advisor for our Humane Heartland program. You know, Dr. Honig is the former state vet for the great state of Maine. Cheers to our friends in Maine. Dr. Honig has a deep knowledge of the science behind these welfare standards for farm animals. And I think it's really important for us to let you know that we're also working on these issues. Again, 10% of the country's animals are covered by our program. That means we have 90% more to go, friends. A long way to go, but we're getting there one animal at a time. And to help educate folks who are in the agricultural community, I provide a bi-monthly column in the National Provisioner, which is one of the leading magazines read by the agricultural industry leaders. My latest column argues for the importance of using third-party certification to ensure the best treatment for farm animals. And it's important because as Americans, we want to know that someone's there auditing who is third-party, who is not related to the farm producer, and that's pretty, pretty powerful. Well, we're working to protect those billion animals. Got nine billion more to go. Stay tuned to our ongoing columns in National Provision and our ongoing work on our humane heartland. And it also takes you, my friends, the American public, to get involved. Make sure your voice is heard. Go to your grocery stores and say that you demand animal products that are raised humanely. It's the right thing to do. It's right for those animals. And make sure that they are applauding third-party audit programs like the American Humane Certified Program. To learn more about this very important work affecting a billion animals in this country, go to visit humaneheartland.org. We'll be right back with our Hero Dog interviews. Today is a terrific show. I can't wait to introduce you to JJ and to Brittany. This is Dr. Robin Gansert, Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership Plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Be Humane. 
Our shows the past few weeks have featured interviews with all eight of our Hero Dog Award finalists for 2014. And now we're about to feature our fifth Brave Canine. Up first today is the finalist in the 2014 Service Dog category, sponsored by our great friends at Modern Dog Magazine. Service dogs assist people with disabilities other than vision or hearing impairment. They can be trained to work with people who use wheelchairs, have balance issues, types of autism, need seizure alerts or responses, or need to be alerted to other medical issues like low blood sugar or have uh, other disabilities. These very specially trained dogs can help by retrieving objects that are out of their person's reach, opening and closing doors, turning light switches on and off, and barking to indicate that help is needed. You know, our finalist dog this year is an incredibly special service dog. This year's finalist is JJ, and he does something that we don't think any other service dog does. And here to tell you about JJ's special job is Michelle Krosick, whose daughter KK is paired with JJ. Hi, Michelle. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having us. Oh, we're thrilled. Are both JJ and KK there with you today? They are. JJ's laying on the floor, curled up, and KK's sitting right with her with me. I love it. I love it. I guess school's probably starting soon for KK. It is. It's starting in about a week and a half, so not much longer. Wow. Wow. Summer goes by so, so quickly, you know. It's amazing. As I mentioned, JJ has a special job, and he might be the only service dog in the country with a specific job. Can you tell us about the rare condition your daughter has? I can. So she has a condition called mastocytosis that causes her to have reactions that range from mild to life-threatening anaphylaxis. And her triggers are from everyday things such as getting too hot or too cold or too tired or stressed or infections or medications. So there's so many triggers that she reacts quite often. And we did not have any type of monitor that allowed us to know when she started to have a reaction until a reaction was in full force. And now with JJ, JJ's able to sense when the reaction is coming on and is able to alert us so we can either remove the trigger or Mm -hmm. we can also give her her rescue meds. And it has really been life-changing for KK. Wow. How long have the two of them been paired together? A little over two years they've been together. But if you ask KK, it's been her whole life. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. How did you find JJ? I mean, what a very special dog. And absolutely, my guess is it has to be the only service dog in the country, this specific job. Do you know of any other dogs that do this? We do not. We know of a couple that are inquiring now of children who have the same disability as KK. But, you know, it really was our desire to get a dog to go get help when KK started to have reactions because she would, blood pressure would go low and get dizzy at times. And it was always fearful that she'd fall down the stairs or something. So we thought if we could get a dog to just go get help. And we called multiple agencies and really had a hard time because people stated that they didn't train a dog for a child that age or for that condition. And then we contacted an organization called Eyes, Ears, Nose, and Paws. And she had the idea that she said, I wonder if there's a scent involved with the reactions. And I had never smelt anything. She said, that doesn't mean that there's not a scent involved that a dog can smell. And so it was an experiment. And she said, we can train a dog to go get help. That is perfectly fine. But if you're willing to do this, I'd like to try. And she has a great background. And the trainer, Deb Cunningham, has a great background in search and rescue and scent detection and diabetic work. So 
it's kind of right up her alley. And so when KK was having a reaction while JJ was in training, I would take an article of clothing that she was wearing during this reaction, and she would then use that to help train JJ to know that that is a sense that we wanted to know about. And sure enough, we found that JJ was more sensitive than any medical device that we have. Even when she's been in the hospital hooked up to monitors, JJ beat the monitors to alert us that she was starting to have a reaction. Wow. I mean, I know our listeners are sitting here amazed. You've got a dog that beats the, the hospital monitors. That's amazing. You know, with JJ, too, I mean, he has his own very, very special story because wasn't he a shelter dog? You know, she was. She, she was, was dropped off as a little tiny puppy in a night box with a brother and sister. And the organization that trained her, Eisers, Nose, and Paws, actually goes and tries to get rescue dogs that they feel like have the ability to become service dogs. And so she was a tiny, just probably four or five pound puppy when she was rescued by them and started her training and and then was paired with KK. And incidentally, their names are a complete coincidence. Um, I was going to ask you about that. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. JJ was named before, she was named after EEMP's first puppy parent. And so they were, um, it was Jenny and Jerry. And so they were, she got the initials JJ. And then of course we've called KK because that's her initials since the time that she was born. And so it's just a, a meant to be coincidence. <laughs> I think it was definitely meant to be to pair JJ and KK together. And I was going to ask you that very question. Thanks for telling our listeners about that because I think that's lovely. And, you know, it's so also such a great message as well. Multiple messages in this powerful story that you're sharing with all of America, Michelle. Multiple messages. And one of the messages is that dogs like JJ left in a night box at an animal shelter are really living proof of what a second chance can mean for adopted shelter animals. I mean, JJ is beating the hospital monitors, as you said. That's really a dog that's capable of such extraordinary things. It's stunning. It is. And you know, the other thing that JJ does is she's not only, obviously, she's a lifesaver for KK, but she also has influenced a whole community. She goes to school with KK. So there is a whole community of kids who have not been exposed to service dogs who now know if you ask any single one of those kids in that school, what does JJ do? They can tell you that JJ helps KK and that she, you know, she's working and you don't pet her when she's working. And so these children know etiquette about how to act around a service dog or what service dogs can do or what, you know, what a shelter dog can do. It also helps for others who maybe are different to realize that, you know, what a silent disability is and that sometimes not all disabilities that you can see. And that's another important message, and it's so important for kids to learn that. And goodness knows, we'd like a lot of adults to learn that same lesson as well. Sometimes they learn better than the adults. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, tell us, what sort of things does JJ allow KK to do that she might not otherwise be able to do without the use of a service dog? Well, honestly, there are many things. Before, because some of her triggers were such ordinary things like running and playing and being a normal seven-year-old little girl, we would have to restrict many of those activities. This year, she was able to do gym for the first time because JJ, sitting in the corner of the gym, was able to let us know when KK started to react. And therefore, we could allow her to do gym activity until JJ alerted, if JJ alerted, because she's such an early warning sign. So Mm -hmm. there's so many things that she's able to do that normally we would have had to restrict for fear that it was going to be a really bad reaction this time. So she really allows a a much more normal life for her so that she can be a seven-year-old little girl. 
I love that. JJ allows KK to be uh, the little girl. I just think that's amazing. And the ability to go out there and play and experience life through a seven-year-old's eyes, there's nothing more beautiful than that by her side. She can. And then when there are things that she's not able to do, the one thing that she does take comfort in is that she's able to have her best friend with her everywhere she goes. And she knows that that's a special thing, that JJ gets to go to church and the school and the mall and to the shopping center or anything, and because other people aren't able to take their dogs. So she knows that even though there's some things that she still can't do, one thing she can do is have her best friend with her at all times. And isn't that a bonus? I understand KK just had surgery recently and the doctors actually requested that JJ be with her. What incredible doctors. Tell us a little bit about that and how is KK doing? KK is doing well. She was having a scheduled surgery for, they were trying to explore some issues that she was having. And Mm -hmm. the anesthesia is high risk for patients with mastocytosis. And the anesthesiologist has been her anesthesiologist through other procedures as well. And he contacted me and said, what do you think about if we got JJ into the OR with us? I really would like her abilities because she is quicker than my monitors and every second counts, especially under anesthesia. And I said, I think it was a fabulous idea and I couldn't believe he would ask that. And they, you know, were thankful to have doctors that think outside the box and really knew that it was in Kiki's best interest and it was the safest thing to have her little 18-pound pooch in there to be a monitor for them. And so, you know, they dealt with the administration and kind of all the logistics of it. And sure enough, JJ was able to go in there into the operating room with her trainer as her handler because they wouldn't, they didn't want me in there as a parent. And um, she was able to be in there to let them know if JJ was alerting and JJ did great. And KK did good too. (laughs) (laughs) They both did great together. I think that's wonderful. And what a, you know, and to have your best friend with you when you're going into a surgical procedure doesn't get better than that, really, to be able to have your best friend at your most fearful of times, right? You know, I just, uh, right. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, one of the most special parts of the Hero Dog Awards is the tribute videos for each of our dogs. And our television production crews, as you know, travel to the hometowns. Have you had a chance to work with your tribute video yet for JJ? They are coming out and they are actually going to be here the first day of school. So it will be an exciting, they will be filming as KK goes through her first day of second grade with JJ at her side. I love that. That's going to be some great visuals for all of our all of our fans who are going to watch the show and tune in. You have a great charity partner. It's what you've mentioned earlier, a f- wonderful organizations, Eyes, Ears, Nose, and Paws. Tell us a little bit more about what they do and how you found them. Well, I had gone through Google and went through about just about every service dog agency I could find, and they were the only ones who said yes. But they are a small nonprofit, and they assistance dogs and mobility dogs and service dogs and they do a lot of diabetic alert work as well and the nice thing is is that the trainer Deb Cunningham really is one that will think outside the box so she's after JJ's story aired she got a lot of inquiries about people who had very strange or different things Mm -hmm. they had different diseases that weren't common and so they really didn't have a lot of hope of what am I going to do? I don't, you know, maybe some of the people had allergies that were so severe that they weren't able to eat out at all because that little seasoning might trigger a severe allergic reaction. And so the nice part is, is that they were able to go and kind of customize the service dog that they, that a person might need. 
and think a little bit outside of the box on how they can help people. And that's really what they brought to us is Mm -hmm. our hope for KK didn't come in the form of a new medical treatment or a new drug. Our hope came from a little straggly 17-pound shelter dog with an amazing nose and a wonderful trainer who knew how to make that happen. Oh, the way you worded that, too. We can all see this visual of, of JJ. I just think that's wonderful. What beautiful way to share your story. Well, you know, I'm asking each of our finalists, was your family nervous in the build-up to the unveiling of the 2014 finalists? Were you all nervous, anxious, excited? What were your thoughts? We were very anxious and excited. We had a lot of her Facebook friends on Angel Paws for KK were following her and it really became a community effort and there was a lot of people voting every day and excited to to see the winners and we found out uh, just moments before we received the email before it was put live on the website and we were checking every five minutes on the website that day to see if it was posted yet and so we were very excited and certainly all of these dogs are heroes and and we are feel very blessed to be in such great company and blessed to be able to represent all the amazing service dogs out there and the wonderful work that they do for for people with disabilities all over the country you know, it's also great as JJ and KK, I mean, they're giving so much, your story is a story of hope, right? Hope that there are other paths to living a more normal life. And I think that's fantastic. And I know it's bringing a lot of hope and uh, warm hearts for people who hear your story and JJ's story and KK's story. It's just beautiful. Well, what's your family most looking forward to during the trip to LA for the gala in September? Well, I think Kika might say she's really looking forward to walking that red carpet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with her. She's going to have a great time walking that red carpet. We have been looking for dresses and doing hair and makeup, and she's a girly girl. So I think she's most excited for that. I love it. I love it. Well, it's going to be a great, great festive atmosphere as we honor heroes really on both ends of the leash. And I couldn't imagine a more beautiful story of heroes than KK and JJ. So I'm so thrilled you all will be joining us in Los Angeles as we celebrate your victory. And it's just so exciting. Michelle, thanks so much for joining us today. It's always nice to talk to a fellow North Carolinian. We always have a lot of great (laughs) representations from the great state of North Carolina in the Hero Dog Awards. We're proud to know you and so proud that you're part of this very, very special celebration. Any final words to our listeners? You know, it's really important for everybody to realize that that hope comes in very, very different forms. And don't be afraid to look for hope in the darndest of places because you'll you'll never know where you'll find it. That's beautiful. And in this case, Hope was actually delivered and dropped off in a night shelter, you know, in a night box in a shelter, and then turns out to be this amazing, amazing hero dog. I look forward to seeing you and your family, and of course, JJ, give her a well-deserved tummy rub. <laughs> you know, what a, what a <laughs> cutie. Will. What a cutie. Safe travels to, to Beverly Hills, Michelle, and give KK my best. I can't wait to see her gorgeous dress on the red carpet. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be right back with our next Hero Dog finalist. Don't go away. This is Dr. Robin Gansert on Be Humane. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful, bagless, upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. 
music to your ears. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to the show. So glad you're joining us today. It's now time for our sixth 2014 Hero Dog finalist. This time we're talking to this year's top search and rescue dog. It's an amazing story we're going to share with you today, listeners. From children, you know, lost in the wilderness to elderly people who have wandered away from home or the hospital, hikers lost in the woods, victims of accidents, victims of avalanche, earthquake, flood, explosion, fire, train wrecks, you name it. Dog teams, search and rescue teams that have a very special role in the world of search and rescue. The dog's ultra-sensitive hearing, vision, endurance, and really their keen sense of smell have continually proven to be invaluable in the effort to locate missing people and return them home to their families and friends. And this year's brave search and rescue hero dog, representing the great town of Cypress, Texas, just outside of Houston, is Brittany. I'm joined now by Brittany's owner, Denise Corliss, who's calling us from Cypress, Texas. Denise, how are you today? Doing great, Robin. Thank you. Thank you for having us. A thrill to have you. I know you're at work now. Is Brittany at home or snoozing on the sofa or right there with you? She is likely sleeping on my bed as we speak. You know, even though I seem to spend a fortune on dog beds, she always seems to like mine best. <laughs> well, you know, she knows where, where mom's been at. So I know she likes to be there. It feels a little closer to you, I'm sure. You know, she's had quite the career, an amazing career. And her first deployment was one of the most trying times in our country's history. She was sent to ground zero following 9-11. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about Brittany's amazing story? Well, you know, I guess like many of us, it was really hard to imagine that we were being attacked on our own soil that day. And for us, you know, we were we were just so very honored and grateful that uh, we were able to respond with Texas Task Force One to try to do our part to help search for survivors. You know, uh, we honored the hero dogs of 9-11 on the 10th anniversary, and so many of those dogs had uh, already passed away. It's so beautiful for us to be able to, in 2014, to pay tribute to Brittany, because this was one of her first deployments, so she was a youngin out there doing this good work, wasn't she? She was, yes. In fact, she will be turning 15 later this month, and she was two at the time of 9-11, And yes, it was our first deployment. So, um, you know, I just feel very fortunate that my canine partner is still with me and that she has been able to have such a long working life, you know, both as a disaster dog and then now, you know, in her new role. 
her new role. You know, we'd love to learn more. Share with us some of your other notable deployments after Ground Zero, that very first time working together. After Ground Zero, we deployed to about a dozen, I think she had about a dozen different deployments in her search career. She retired in 2008 from disaster search work. And so some of the deployments that she has been on were the Olympic Winter Games and uh, various hurricanes, Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Rita, those type of events. You know, Denise, I'm sure that disaster response for search and rescue has to be some of the toughest for both ends of the leash. Can you tell us a little bit about how you all worked in Hurricane Katrina, for example? Well, generally speaking, with the dogs, you know, the humans are the ones that are stressed or may be stressed during a deployment. The, you know, we're aware of what's happened and, and maybe the toll that it's had on, on people. And so for us, some of the handlers, some of the responders, we're the ones that are probably going to build the emotional, be a little more emotional around it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the dogs are trained to, to do this job and to do this work, and they love this work. So for them, it, it's not a, um, probably not a stressful environment in the way that we would think it would be. You know, they are, in a sense, happy to be working and doing their job and eager to try to search for survivors. That's a terrific point for our listeners to hear that these dogs, you know, they're enjoying the work. And I know it has to be hard for the human handlers to witness the kind of devastation that you saw, certainly at Ground Zero. And then, of course, uh, at Katrina and all of those different deployments that you've done through your long and distinguished partnership together. You mentioned retirement. 2008, Brittany retired, but I think she went on to a new career that is just so important for the next generation. Can you share with our listeners about what Brittany does today? Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. So in 2008, she retired from disaster work and then she continued to serve with our local fire department as a search dog for a little while until she got a little slower and then we began doing different roles, going to schools and giving presentation, teaching people about what search dogs do and and their role in um, helping to serve and look for others. But most recently, she began working with one of the local elementary schools as a reading dog, and she visits first grade classes, mm-hmm. and students are provided an opportunity to sit down and read a story to her. And so it's really been a win-win situation because the children are provided support of their canine friend, while a disaster dog who maybe isn't quite ready to accept retirement is allowed to mm-hmm. continue to work. I think that's wonderful. So a new type of mission for Brittany, you know, and you know, it's so great too. And I've seen so many kids read and read much better. Their skills improve when they're reading to a dog because there's no sense of judgment. There's no corrections. Uh, The child can just practice and and really improve their reading skills. And we all celebrate Ellie, the pit bull, who uh, was last year's American hero dog therapy dog, but also the hero dog of the year. She worked hard to teach kids to read and to help. So I think it's a it's a wonderful thing we're seeing how schools are welcoming these beautiful dogs in and, and letting them be part of the reading program. So congratulations on that. That's a, a wonderful new mission road to pay for, for so many dogs and a great ambassador for search and rescue dogs. Can you talk to us a little bit about your charity partner? We all are thrilled that the Hero Dog Awards is also a grant-making opportunity. Our finalists get to choose a charity partner and the charity partner gets a grant when the dog wins a finalist category. Tell us a little bit about your charity partner. So my charity partner is the Penn Vet Working Dog Center. 
and they are focused on research and education around scent detection dogs. And they have an elite group of dogs that they are currently training to, to serve others. And in fact, one of their dogs is a young golden retriever, a little female, and her name is also Brittany. They named her after my Brittany, so they, I refer to her as Brittany too. And mm-hmm. soon, <laughs> Brittany too will be graduating from the Penn Vet Working Dog Center as their first diabetic alert dog. Well, Brittany, too, has big paws to fill. So Brittany, too, needs to go back and, and read Brittany, one, great career <laughs> resume there. That's big, big paws to fill. That's wonderful. We love the Penn Vet Working Dog Center. It's a terrific institution. I'm so glad you chose them as your charity partner. You know, Denise, you, you have had a long and distinguished career with Brittany. Amazing the different scenes that you've participated in and how you've been able to be uh, such a contributor to communities healing. Can you tell me why Brittany is a hero to you? Well, you know, obviously she's very special to me because, you know, she's my dog, my baby. But, you know, I think she embodies what all first responders represent, you know, they, a life of service to others. And um, she's just one of the many dogs that has served and continues to serve in various capacities, providing comfort as well as protecting and trying to save lives. That's beautiful. And she has done this and done this in service to our country, particularly with the service on 9-11, a day that none of us will ever, ever forget. I understand that the video production team is in town with you this week to record your tribute video. Can you give our listeners a little sneak peek behind the scenes about what's going to be featured? Sure, absolutely. We're going to be showing some of the images of the disaster dogs training, what they do and demonstrate how they search for survivors that maybe are buried underneath a rubble pile following a disaster. We're also going to be going to the Sitara Volunteer Fire Department where Brittany and I volunteer and it's actually where Brittany began her search career and continues to work with them in conjunction with the um, elementary school, Roberts Road Elementary School we discussed earlier. And we will actually be going to to that elementary school and meet some of the students and some of the teachers and they'll talk about the reading dog program and what impact Brittany has had to the school. Wow, that's going to be a great tribute piece. Just so much uh, for our wonderful fans of the Hero Dog Awards to tune into. It's wonderful. Well, before you travel to California, I understand you have a bit of vacation coming up next week. Where are you headed? (laughs) I am headed to the beautiful Mexico, sitting out by the beach and watching the waves and just taking it easy, um, you know, for a little while. So it'll, it'll be, uh, be a good time. Oh, that's wonderful. So you'll be nice and relaxed and rested before the busy weekend that is the Hero Dog Awards. Well, Denise, so proud to know you. Uh, so proud to learn of Brittany's story and so thankful that you chose to share it all with America as we go into our fourth annual Hero Dog Awards. I look forward to seeing you and hosting you in Los Angeles in just a, a few short weeks. Do you have any last words for our listeners? Well, you know, we hope they enjoy the tribute videos. Uh, We'd love for them to come out and vote for any of the hero dogs. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys in California. Yes, and if Brittany's story touched you, as I know it touched so many of our listeners today, you can simply log on to HeroDogAwards.org to vote for JJ, for Brittany, for any of our wonderful finalists that you've heard about on Pet Life Radio. These dogs are special, but you know, it's really heroes on both ends of the leash that we're celebrating, like in today's show, JJ and KK, and in this case, Denise and Brittany. 
heroes on both ends of the leash. Be sure to vote now and every day as we conclude this year's fourth annual Hero Dog Awards. Vote for the top dog. Well, enjoy the rest of your week. And as always, let's remember to be humane. Look forward to hosting you next week on all things related to our best friends. Have a great week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.